Hallelujah. I want you to get your Bible. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Ushers, I want you to come, if you don't mind. I'm going to give this congregation an opportunity now to, as I said on Wednesday, we are going to take up a Christmas offering. And what I mean is, we have some children that we are able to go and minister to who, at this time of the year, they are in such need of love and care. And, um, and, and they, they, they just need, they need the love of Christ. They are at Orangewood Children's Home. They are displaced right now. They're not able to be with their families, not able to be with parents. It could be because of abuse. It could be because of imprisonment. Some of the reasons uh, would be they would horrify us if we actually knew why these children are in the position that they are and in the home that they are. They're in a safe place, and they're in a place of nurture and love, but it's just hard being away from your family this time of the year. And how many have gone to Orangewood with us over the last several years? We've, we've uh, gone many times. It's so awesome. Uh, we get to just love on some kids, play basketball with them, sit down and just talk with them, sing some songs of the season with them, and uh, we bring some food and snacks. But also, we want to come and we want to bring a gift to them. We want to bring a toy to the, to the little ones and, and uh, just let them know that we do, in fact, care. There's a church out there that cares what you're going through right now. I thought it'd be good if about, if everybody here could give about $20, we could give an awesome, awesome gift to every child. So that's what I'm asking you to pray about. Some could give uh, many times over that because there'll be somebody here that can't give anything. I understand that. But that's what I'd like you to pray about. Could you, could you pray about giving $20 for these kids during this season? Let's just call it a Christmas offering to them. If you can't give that, please give what you can. It all will add up and mean so much. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have here again to give. Teach us, Lord, the principle of, of giving. Just as the Father gave his Son, just as the Son gave his life, just as uh, the Father gave the gift of, of the Holy Spirit, let us learn how to give. And we pray, God, that as we do this, these children would be so encouraged. They would be so loved. We give you thanks and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. These children will have a better Christmas because of what we do right here. Luke chapter 1. I want to start at verse... 26 this morning. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man, or since I have not had sex? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Would you say that with me this morning? For with God, nothing will be impossible. One more time. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you. Thank you for your ongoing, never-ending love for us. And in that love, you are constantly shaping and molding us. You're constantly teaching us. This is our prayer today. Mold us, shape us, and teach us by your good word. We give you thanks. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From Genesis to Malachi, the Old Testament, God was clearly speaking. God was clearly revealing Himself, revealing His plan, giving guidance, giving correction. God used angels, God used signs and wonders, God used people. But God was speaking. But, but from Malachi to Matthew, silence. This is known as the quiet time, the quiet period. It's estimated to be about a 400-year period of time where God wasn't speaking through signs, through people, Angels were not dispatched during this time. It was simply quiet. But Matthew arrives. The New Testament is here. Something happens. God begins to speak again. A flurry of angelic activity. The world enters into a time of fast and furious prophetic fulfillment. What has been spoken now is going to be revealed and fulfilled. Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, a messenger from God, he is sent. And he appears to Mary. The appearance of Gabriel to Mary offers some new revelation. Mary begins to discover some things. And it's through Mary's discoveries that I also discovered some things. And I thought, maybe you could also discover some things, just as Mary did, just as I did. Mary found out through the message of Gabriel 
It was going to take place in Galilee, in the city of Nazareth, verse number 26. Follow along with me. It's in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, he was sent by God. He was sent to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. We found out in verse number 27, Mary was a virgin. She was engaged. She was awaiting her marriage to Joseph. What else did Mary discover here that might be helpful to us as we approach this holiday season? As we approach the birth of our Savior, Mary discovered, first of all, God's plans are eternal. Look at verse number 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Aren't you glad about that, Mike and Lisa? They were here in the first service. It's Mike and Lisa Jacob, by the way. And I said, wow, they really, uh, he's going to reign over your house. Just latch on to that word right there. He will reign over the house of Mike and Lisa forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary found out that God's plans are bigger than her plans. Mary found out that God's plans are eternal. Mary's plans were temporary. Mary's plans were worldly. God's plans are otherworldly. God's plans are forever. God's plans are everlasting. That's what she found. And Mary undoubtedly had plans. I mean, she's probably a teenage girl, probably in her late teens, it's, it is thought. They married young in Bible days. They were given in marriage. They were promised in marriage some, many times. And, and most times they were young when this happened. They were, they were young because they wanted to give one of the best gifts ever to be given, and I'll hit this more later, but I believe one of the best gifts you could ever give in marriage is your virginity. And so they married young. They were still virgins. Okay? Mary had her own plans, I suppose, and I, th I started thinking about what those plans might be. Imagine now... An angel appears on one day, and that day altered all other days of the future for Mary and, quite honestly, for us. So let's go back to yesterday for Mary. Let's go back to last week for Mary. Let's think back before this encounter. She's just an ordinary teenager. She has her own plans for life, I, I would think. She probably had dreams like all the other young women that she hung out with. She probably dreamed that someday she would find the right man and hopefully she would marry him. And in fact, she could check that off of her list because she was engaged. She was going to be married. She probably had dreams that one day perhaps they would have children, maybe a house full of them, and have a home of their own. Maybe she dreamed that one of her children, just maybe, one might rise to a place of importance. How many parents do I have here this morning? All the parents? Let me see your hand. Don't you want the best for your children? Don't you want better for your children than what you have for yourself? I do. I tell Elliot and Butler and Daisy all the time, I want you to do more than what Karen and I ever could do. Do more with your life. Do more for the kingdom. I suppose she had the same kind of plans and dreams 
for her child, for her children. You want the best for your children, don't you? Absolutely. Think about that. Just an ordinary teenage girl dreaming and hoping and all of the sudden things change. She's making temporary plans. She's making worldly plans. She discovered something on the visitation from this angel. God's plans are not like our plans. God's ways are not like our ways. God's plans are eternal. That's what she discovered. Gabriel surprises her. I suppose it would be a surprise. Can you imagine an angel appearing to you? Would you think that you might be a little bit surprised? Do you think you might be a little bit perplexed? She was. He surprises her, and not just by his appearance, but his message also surprises her. He says, first of all, that she has found favor with God. Verse number 28, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. It's repeated in verse number 30, do not be afraid, for you have found favor. Can you imagine of all the things that might be said of you? God might say, Mike, you're a good dancer. Because he is. Isn't he a good dancer? I mean, he dances before the Lord and it's, it's used to glorify God. That'd be kind of cool if God would say that, I think. That'd be all right. Right? Claudia, if, what if God said, Claudia, you're a good worship leader. You're a good singer. Right? I'd take that. I'd actually take anything that God says in a confirming and a, in a, a, a affirming way. Right? But of all the things that God might say to you or about you, think about it. He's talking about this up in heaven. Gabriel's just the messenger. Word around heaven is, you're favored by God. Can you imagine with me? God thinks that much of you. You're favored by God. You're highly, it says highly favored by God. We want to be favored by our employer. That's not bad. That's good. To get in good graces with one who's actually paying, <laughs> paying you and giving you a check. I think that's a good thing. We want to find favor with, with our neighbors. I hope. You should. All believers should want to live peaceably and find favor there. Nothing wrong with having favor with people. We want favor. I want favor with you, Karen. I want to have favor with my children. I want, I want favor with this church. But of all those we should desire favor, it should be from the Father. Highly favored one. That's just so powerful to me. I don't want to just breeze by that. What they're talking about is in heaven. You're highly favored by God. Chosen and selected. One that God thought he could trust with such an important task. Wow. Found out also that she would conceive before marriage. In verse number 31. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Wow. And she already says, now wait a minute. You, you do understand I haven't been with a man yet. Because she thought she knew the way that God was going to do this. It was the logical way. You only get pregnant one way. I mean, can we talk for a few minutes? 
There's only one way that you get pregnant and are able to conceive and carry a child. But God has another way that He doesn't always show us. He said you're going to conceive and give birth before you're even married, which is a whole nother can of worms. That's an issue all in itself. She found out that, his son, that her son, it was going to be a son, she found out. This is another, we're talking about some discoveries that Mary did not know on one day, and an angel appears, and then she finds these things out. There's a revelation that comes to her. She found out she's going to have a son. She's finding out that her son is going to be called the son of the highest. In verse number 32, look at that. She found out that her son would, in fact, rise to some bit of importance. <laughs> she could never dream in all her dreams what she was about to give birth to, what she was about to be a part of. I love the song that Mark Lowry wrote called, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, Did You Know? You're about to deliver the deliverer? That is so powerful. Did you know? She found out this day. She discovered some things this day. Her son would be called the son of the highest in verse number 32. She found out he, in fact, would be a king, and he would reign forever in verse number 33. Folks, I want you to hear this today. God works on a forever basis, not on the temporary basis. Your temporary affliction, your, your light affliction, which is just here for a moment, we tend to hold on to the things that we see, the things that we hear, we latch on to them. God help us today to see that your plan is eternal and that you work on a forever clock a forever calendar with no end in sight. You ever thought about what you're going to do once you get to heaven? What are you going to do when you get to heaven? Somebody, anybody? Loudly. You're going to worship, you're going to rejoice, okay. All right, you're going to dance. What are you going to do? Have a banquet, yep, that's part of it. You're going to sing. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? What are you going to do, Claudia? Hug the Lord. I like that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do all that with you. Isn't that going to be cool? I mean, we're going to get to do some of this together in heaven. That's powerful. Here's another thing that I'm going to do. I mean, I think now. When I get to heaven, it might all change, right? But I think now I'm going to learn how to play the piano. Debbie, we're going to live forever eternal life, everlasting life. I don't know how to play the piano, and I'd really like to know how to do that. I know, somebody said in the first service, it's never too late to learn. And I said, yes, it is, but it's really not. But I, I mean, I know, I know me. I'm not going to pick that up at 47 years old. Probably not. I have too much going on right now. I got to care for my family. I got to care for this church. I just, I tried it in college. I mean, Karen and I both, now Karen can play. I'm letting out a little secret right here, but Karen actually knows how to play the piano. And I'm going to get it for telling that and letting everybody know. But she, she, uh, she, she learned when she was a little girl. 
But I tried it in college, and I couldn't do it. And, and uh, you know, so when I get to heaven, I, I think now I'll ask if maybe uh, that, that's something I'll do. Because I'm going to have forever to do something. I'm going to sing with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to dance with you. I'm going to hug him too. But what are you going to do the next day? What are you going to do the next week? Now, not that we have days and weeks in heaven. I don't know what eternity actually is going to unfold and look like, but I know forever is forever. Eternal is eternal. Everlasting is everlasting. And we're going to have a lot of time to do something. I'm going to learn how to cook, maybe. I don't know. You're going to eat that banquet. Maybe I'll learn how to cook it for you. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? Woo! Yeah, we're going to have a banquet. We may not need food, but we're going to have food because the Bible talks about a banquet. I'm eating when I get to heaven. Anybody going to eat when you get to heaven? I'm telling you right now, I like to eat on earth, and I'm going to eat when I get to heaven. I'm going to eat. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know. I mean, there's some mysteries. There's absolutely some mysteries. But I want you to start thinking eternally. Don't let whatever's going on right now throw you so far off course. I mean, something, you know, something happens in our life, either the enemy, and, and sometimes it truly is the enemy, and he messes things up, but sometimes it's just our own poor choices that led to poor consequences. I know nobody wants to hear that today, but you know the Bible still says that you will reap what you sow. And sometimes if you sow poorly, you're going to reap poorly, and the devil didn't have anything to do with it. It was just your poor choices, and that's good preaching right there. No matter, however, we just have to grapple with some stuff and walk through some stuff. And things arise, and it just throws us off. In fact, people get out of the faith, get out of the race. I talked to the, the young people last Sunday night. We see it all the time. People just stop running. They just stop believing. They stop going to church. They stop daring to trust. But if we start thinking eternally, we'll realize this is really nothing. What I'm going through right now, in contrast and comparison to eternity, it's nothing. And God's going to be with me anyhow. And God's going to use it for His glory. And God's going to teach me something. No, as Mary did, God's plans are eternal. She also discovered that God's promises will not fail. God's promises are unfailing. Verse number 32, look at this closely. It says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary's maybe too overwhelmed to put all these pieces to the puzzle together in that moment. But if she takes the time to evaluate, she might say to herself, there's something very familiar about what he just said to me. Because what he just said to her had already been forecast. It had already been prophesied. It was already promised. Some of what Gabriel announced to Mary had already been prophesied. Now, if Mary truly is this highly favored one of God, which the Bible says she was, then she had to know God. Does anybody know how you can know God? 
You were in the first service. Put your hand down. How do you know God, Rose? Spend time with him. Marlene, how do you know God? Through God's word. Thank you so much. In order for Mary to be highly favored by God, she had to know God. And I think the only way you can know God is to know God's word. And so, she realized God's promises never fail. They are true. What God says, God means. Everything that God has written in this book, it is a settled matter. It is done. It is completed. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. It is God's word. It does not need adjusting. She knew God's word. If she was highly favored of God and the daughter of God, the one that God would select, Mary must have been familiar with every promise about the Messiah. Someday God would send the one to rule on David's throne. In verse number 32 we see this. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14 prophesied that a virgin would conceive and bear a son and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, it was prophesied that Beth, Bethlehem would be the chosen city. Out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in where? In Israel. Centuries had passed and these promises had not been fulfilled. But Gabriel, Gabriel arrives this day. And he reveals something. Mary discovers something. She would be the one to give birth to the promised one. There's one more discovery that Mary found. And I want you to see this as we close. Mary discovered that God's power. Huh, God's power is unlimited. Look at verse number 37. I want you to bring that up on the screen if you don't mind, Brandon. Look at this, folks. Read it with me again. I know I've already had you read it three times, but it's so good. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Again, there's only one way babies are born. How's this going to be? She's confused, and I understand why. With God's ability, with God's power, nothing shall be impossible. God's people delivered out of Egypt, standing there at the Red Sea, enemy hot on their trail. God tells them, move forward. What? How are we going to move forward? There's an ocean of water here. There's a sea of water before us. God said, just one step at a time. Step out and watch what he does. It won't make sense to us. We won't even see the plan many times. It didn't make sense to Mary. Virgins don't conceive. Virgins don't have babies. Which, by the way, virginity is not a bad word. It's not a dirty word. And it's not a word or a subject that we should shy away from. 
I believe if we took more time to talk about virginity and, you ready for this? Sex. In the house of God, we would avoid a lot of confusion and a lot of hurt. I didn't want somebody telling my kids about the birds and the bees. I wanted to tell them. I didn't want some secular uh, health teacher, some secular biology teacher. I didn't want some reprobate uh, uh, friends or, if you want to call them friends, schoolmates. How about that? Because they want to tell everything. I, wanted, I didn't want some movie to tell them. I didn't want some book to tell them. I wanted to tell them what the Bible says and what is proper. One of the best gifts God ever gave mankind was the gift of sex. Now, I'm sorry, I know we've got some young ones in here, but I think we need to tell what is right in the house of God. I'm not going into gory detail, but mom and dad, if you have a problem with talking to your child, you come and talk to me because I don't. I will, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll sit down with you and we will together talk about this wonderful gift that God gave. Unfortunately, it has been abused, it's been mistreated, it, it, it's, it's been perverted. One of the best gifts God ever gave. Isn't that just like the enemy? Mary says, how can this be? I haven't ever been with a man. She's confused. And the angel makes it very clear to her, the Holy Spirit will do the impossible. I don't know what impossibility you have facing you today, but the Holy Spirit is still able to help you with your impossibility. The Holy Spirit is still able to do the impossible. But we've got to trust. goes back to what's been said over and over today. Trusting God. Trusting in the name that is above every other name. God had already proven his power to her cousin, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who everybody knew she was too old to have a baby. She was barren. She was labeled barren. Look at verse number 30, uh, 36. Verse number 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. That's in there for a reason. That's for emphasis. She's old. She's too old. Basically, this is telling us she's too old to conceive and have a baby. Now she's in her six months. She's already six months pregnant. For who? For her who was called barren. Somebody was calling her barren. Somebody was telling her, you, you can't have a baby. You're too, and now you're too old. You haven't had a baby up to now, and now you're too old. But with God, you know what? We need to bring that scripture back up. I don't even know where it is, but you better find that again, Brandon. I'm just telling you right now. Come on, come on, come on. Verse number 37. Verse number 37. Hey, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Bring up verse number 37 for us again. We've got to get this in our spirit. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. One more time. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Get it in your spirit. Latch on to it. It is the word of God, and I believe it's sent for you today. He specializes. He specializes in the impossible situations. 
That's when God rolls up his sleeves and cracks his knuckles and says, watch this. That's when God really starts getting good. If you can sort through it and you can make sense of it and you can come to some resolve, why do you even need to bring it to God? But get your back backed up against the corner and get yourself desperate and watch what God does for you. Hallelujah. Anybody have an impossible situation in your life right now? You need God to move His hand. You need God to answer your cry. He still does it. He still does it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want you to look around this room. Pastor Moses, come. I want you to look around and see who's sitting by you. Hmm. Libby, for with God, mm, nothing will be impossible. Look around this room, Johnny, with God, sis. Nothing. You, I'm having you look around because this room is full of impossibilities. Impossible scenarios are represented in this room. Impossible cases. There's some people in this room. People gave up on you a long time ago. People said there's no way. You know, I mean, this room has some people uh, that there's no way. The hard cases. But with God. <laughs> but with God. People who were drug addicts. How many drug former drug, drug addicts do we have in the house? Stand up. You were, you were addicted to drugs, but you're not today because of the power of God. I want to see you. 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 Hey, for with God, you couldn't do it on your own. You couldn't do that on your own. For with God. Alcoholics, drug addicts. My. <laughs> see it, see it, see it. God's plans are eternal. See the way God sees. God's promises, they never fail. They're unfailing. And the same power that caused a virgin girl to conceive is alive in you and cause, can cause the um, impossible to become possible. Am I right, Lynn? That's right. He still specializes in this. God's power is unlimited. I want you to bow your heads all across this room. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. It has changed us. It is changing us, which is what we need. We don't want to just be challenged. We've been challenged enough. We've got to have the challenge followed by the change. And I believe that's happening right now because of your word. Change us. Help us to see your plan, eternal plan. Help us to know your promises and that what you have said you mean. What you said you would do, you will do. And may we lean into your power 
when we don't understand how something is going to unfold, when we're perplexed and confused, may we know that you have a plan that maybe we don't understand, maybe that you have not revealed to us yet. You're just simply asking us to trust in you. And so, today we will join our voices with Mary and we will say, be it unto me according to your word. I want you to say this, be it unto me according to your word. That's right. We trust in you. I wonder just before we leave, is there anyone here who needs to commit their life to Jesus? Jesus loves you so much and he has a wonderful plan for your life. But you must come to him and believe that he is. Believe that God sent him, that he is God's only son. He has a wonderful, wonderful plan for your life. If you're here and you would like me to pray for you, for Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of wrong, lift your hand right now with every head bowed. Lift your hand and let me pray for you. Is there anyone today you're ready to give your life to Christ and you're ready to come to Jesus? Anyone? Amen. Amen. Well, I think we can leave here today saying it has been good to be in the house of God. I want you to stand up on your feet. Pastor Dave is coming. He will dismiss us in prayer. Let me remind you, tonight is going to be packed. It's going to be packed, packed, packed. We start at 6.30. Doors will open at 5.30. Come early to get a good seat. If you are coming for a second time, which is encouraged, I would just ask that you would be courteous and allow those who have not seen it for the first time to have the premium seats in the front and find your seat in the middle or toward the back. That would be very, very helpful. So uh, I look for you tonight, though. It's going to be great. All right. Following the performance tonight, we are going to uh, strike the set. So uh, if we can have some people stick around and help us uh, tear everything down and clean things up, we would greatly appreciate that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful. God, we're so thankful for your plans that you have for every one of us, God. We're th so thankful, God, for the power that you give us, oh God. We're so thankful for the promises, oh God. Lord, as we uh, commit this to you, Lord, I pray that uh, it would sink deep into our spirits, God that nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible, God. Bring us back all safely as we commit this to you, and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.